Welcome to Ashland University's Professional Learning Podcast. This is your host, Dr. David Silverberg. Joining us today is Father Joseph Newman. Father Newman is Vice President of St. Francis de Sales School in Toledo, where he's had that position for two years. He has helped oversee the summer program at that school, and we look forward to hearing more about what you've learned from that experience given the pandemic. Please tell us, what are some thoughts you have about uh, the experience of the summer school and how that's rolled over into learning for the fall? Yeah, so over this past summer, we started for the first time our summer REPS program. So REPS stands for Review, Engage, and Prepare. And so discussing with our faculty, I said, I would love some way of engaging with our students over the summer. And in response to that, they came up with this idea. And so we had about uh, 41 different classes offered by our teachers to our students. And over 130 of our students took advantage um, of those classes. And what we wanted to learn from this, well, we wanted to give a platform for our teachers to try new things virtually. Because, of course, when you have a class, you know, with 25 students in it, it's not as easy to try new things, right? But now, with the Summer Reps program, they were able to try new things virtually and get into some material and some topics that they thought, uh, you know, I've always wanted to do this. I think this would be really engaging for our students and, and, and to try them out. What are some things that you found as far as content? I'm curious. What are some things that came out of this as content areas where extra support was needed? Yeah. So there were some things in which we would have classes that prepared students for the spring so or for the fall. So those classes were like, you know, review of geometry or uh, there was a class just on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights to prepare for students for those AP classes or calculus. But then on the other side, we also had classes uh, that were interests of our teachers and students. Like we had one class just on astronomy where they would meet during the day and then actually gather in the evening you know, to, to bring out the telescopes and look at the sky. We had another class, uh, a dual teaching class where we had our history teacher and our English teacher come together. They looked at primary source documents and they taught students how to work with them. Brought in one of our graduates who's an expert in the World War of 1812 and he came and talked to them virtually. So it really was a, a large area in which students could say, gosh, you know, this is an area of interest. I want to explore more or you know, I really need to get better in geometry so I can prepare for the ACT. So I saw in the um, July uh, feature in WTOL 11 that Father Rose there, president, is quoted as saying, it's funny, in one sense, we didn't intend this to be a trial run of the process, but it's certainly given us that opportunity. And he goes on to say, it's certainly giving us valuable data for the fall. So can you explain a little bit to us, as you know, our listeners are school administrators, what kind of data do you look at and what are the um, operationalized pieces that come out of that that are gonna help you for the fall? So we first wanted to find out, number one, was we, we, we needed to look at, so everyone is running in-person and virtual simultaneous right now. That's primarily the way we're delivering education. That's what we're doing here. We have both of those operating simultaneously. And we wanted to figure out how can we do that. And so as a piece of this program, we ran three weeks that were just virtual. So the classes were just virtual. Then the following three weeks, it was the, the idea that you could come in and be in person or you could simultaneously be virtual. And so that allowed us a training ground for our teachers 
uh, to learn how do I interact with students not only in front of me, but also those students who are uh, encountering me uh, virtually who are tuning into Google Meets. Um, and so that gave a, a lot of ground to, to, to work out best practices, really. Um, and some of those best practices, we threw out some ideas. So, you know, we had some initial ideas of how to record these classes that we, we changed and said, you know, some of this content we don't want recorded. Because, you know, in, in the classroom, you can share some, some things that, you know, we get into discussions that you just say, you know, this isn't exactly content, but this is really great discussions. But it's so personal, we want to keep that, you know, private. There's, there's that in the classroom. But it also just gave our, our teachers the ability to, to also wade into that. And then it provided this feedback loop to administration. So, you know, all through the summer, administration was gathering together to create that process for the fall. And, and, and what this allowed us to do was to uh, sample those processes, whether it was in-person or virtual, and get feedback from teachers before we had to launch the large thing in the fall. And so some of that feedback, like I said, was on, you know, the best practices for recording classes, what to record, what not to record. Other best practices were just trying to figure out how to be present to students in the classroom while at the same time being present virtually. Other things which we really found out last spring was what is the best means for communication, right? Because people were using all kinds of different communication methods, you know, whether that's email or phone calls or meetings. And so we tried to streamline everything and figure out the best way to communicate, not only to students, but to parents. You know, who do I share this? How do I share this? What do I share? Uh, and so after that, uh, the uh, teachers were able to bring back to their department heads the things they learned so that we could really iron out some processes that we're using right now. So an educators need to learn too, it sounds like. Oh my gosh. As you know, that's, that's really biggest piece uh, of what we're looking at in education right now. It's going back and remembering what it's like to almost be a first-year teacher again. You know, you're, you're relearning how to do your craft. And what's really exciting about this was I don't think we would have launched summer reps unless we had this uh, experience in the spring. But now that we've done it, I think it's something we're going to continue to do every, every summer a way of just keeping with our students who want to opt into these experiences educationally. But it also, the, the, one of the most interesting questions came up when we started this fall, students said, are snow days gone now? <laughs> <laughs> On those days where we have bad weather, are you just going to switch overnight to virtual? And we thought, oh, that is such a great idea now. <laughs> so it's allowing us to re-envision how, how we're delivering education in, uh, in a way that we weren't forced to do before. Um, but in terms of, of, of learning outcomes, we discovered some things with summer reps in that you couldn't just do what you were doing in the classroom and put it on video. And I think every educator is going to understand that. It wasn't as if all I had to do was put a laptop in front of me with a camera and I could operate the same way. Instead, what we had to look at was, you know, how do I know when a student understands something and doesn't understand something? How do I assess them? How, how do I, because of course in the classroom, you have all these feedbacks that you get immediately. Um, virtually, it's, it's much more difficult. So I think what summer reps really did was present the questions we wanted to find out more about. Uh, it, it, was, it was more of defining the questions rather than getting enough data to get the answers. Did you feel like you need to do some, you needed to do some professional development or tone setting with your staff there 
the, the teaching staff so that they'd be more comfortable taking risks, being more open and vulnerable to, you know, uh, professional, critical professional feedback for growth? Yes. So one thing we did was we want to empower our department heads. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not a district, we're a single uh, school, seven through 12. Um, and so it, it's very um, normal for a teacher to come directly to the principal, directly to the president, uh, to ask questions and, and to get feedback. And so one of the things we did over summer reps was we wanted departments to start problem solving and finding solutions departmentally, uh, which was a different way of operating. So, you know, for example, uh, we wanted our science teachers to gather together and figure out how do we now deliver the lab experience? Because the principal and the president, they're not experts in that area. They know it's important. They want to support you. But we wanted solutions not only to come, you know, from top down, but also bottom up. And so those, those areas where our, our teachers were team teaching this summer or discussing best methods, how to do different things, that's the kind of local solution solving or, or, or creating solutions that we wanted to start creating that culture where they could say, this doesn't work, but we've, we've thought this through. Uh, here are some possible solutions. And then it's a, it's a wonderful discussion with teachers who are experts in their areas. The other piece we wanted to change was we wanted uh, teachers to be able to take risks and to try new things and realize some things are going to work and not work. And, and, you know, when you're first teaching, that makes sense. And you take a lot, you know, you're learning all the time. After a few years, you kind of understand a lot and, and you know what works. But with this entire change, it's, it's putting you back into thinking, okay, what are the new things? How do I get feedback on if something worked or not? How do I assess it as a teacher? The other interesting piece that I'm seeing is, you know, when students come to school, especially when they start a new school, students carry anxiety with them, right? They're, they're anxious. I want to do well. And, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher myself. I, I have one class that I'm teaching this semester. And I'm going in the classroom now with that same type of healthy anxiety, you know, that puts me at my best game, you know? And in that way, I also, you know, can empathize with students who are seeing material for the first time and kind of re reliving that. So, so even as a teacher, you're kind of getting back to your roots. So what do you say to a teacher that's been doing this for a while that says, I'm really great at what I do, but I have no idea how to do this well. What do you say to them? Of course, we have, uh, you know, some wonderful teachers who have been here for many, many years. And this is a, a, is a new environment. And I tell them this. So when we first looked at summer reps and opening for the, for the fall, I was meeting with the principal, John Hall, and I said, the decision is this. We can do all these things because we have great teachers. That's it. We can do all these things because, as you know, the demand on teachers is really, really high. And you have to have a great skill level and comfort level and all that emotional intelligence to be able to do this. But because they are so good, I, I, I have this belief that the, with the support and the resources, we're going to be able to do this. And so I would say to that teacher who's been here for many, many years, it's not as if you're starting from square one. But instead, you're going to get to relive or re-experience a lot of the things you've already conquered. And you're going to be better after this. And that is what I've heard uh, over and over again from, from teachers, the veterans especially, they've come back and they said, I'm a better teacher now, and I've learned things that I'm going to use no matter what 2021 looks like. 
well, how encouraging is that? I mean, that that's exactly what you want in a, in a, in a faculty as they're, as they're able to really get into their craft and, and, and learn how to adapt it to the, to the environment. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. Staying with the times for sure, being flexible and something that I, I appreciate you mentioned earlier is if there's something that just doesn't seem to be working, acknowledge it and say, okay, let's be problem solvers. What else can we do to get better at this? It's that you know, kind of spirit of innovation that I think is so valuable. Uh, something that many of the administrators who will be listening to the show maybe don't think about so much that you probably do is how do you do faith virtually? So do you want to speak to that if somebody's out there who's also teaching that or considering what would that even be? How does that happen? Yeah. So you look at, you know, we, we look at four pillars when we look at our, our education here at, at St. Francis. You know, we want students not only to grow academically, but also spiritually, socially, and physically. And so one of the things we did very early on in, in the spring was, okay, let's be intentional about these pillars. How are we going to intentionally do this? Because I, I, I can speak for every school like this. Every school is, 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 is good at delivering their mission. And a lot of times it's just in, in ways that are, are implicit, you know, but now we have to make everything so explicit and intentional. And so even in that, in that, in that faith and spiritual pillar, it's going to your, we have a campus ministry department, going to your campus ministry department and saying, okay, you are in contact with students. What is the best way for this formation to continue to happen? You know, all of education is both informational and formational. We know that. And so it's trying to be really intentional about delivering those things. So one of the things we did, at least spiritually, was even in the summer, we offered classes, you know, outside academics. So there were things on, you know, emotional and social uh, resources. You know, we offered additional spiritual resources. You know, we, we, we're able to gather, in, in fact, in, in, in small, really small groups for, for really small retreats. You know, we continue to offer liturgies to our students and, and, you know, daily prayers. So it's just trying to be intentional about that formational experience. And I think like, like every administrator, what we're, we're doing is just retooling the shop and saying, you know, how do we deliver the same things we've been delivering, but, but in this, in this in this environment. And well, I, I really appreciate your enthusiasm and embrace of the challenge. And it's pretty cool to think there are people that are going to walk away from this saying, I had no idea how to do that, but now only do I know how to do it, but I'm not going to let it go. Um, yes. So that's pretty exciting stuff. And of course, now here we are knocking on the door of the fall, jumping into the fall. And it sounds like that summer program uh, really helped lay a, a healthy pathway for that. Uh, for people that want to reach out to you to find out more about what you learned there and what you're doing at that school, uh, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, they can email me here at St. Francis. So my email address, very easy, uh, J as in Joe. And then my last name, Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N, at S as in Sam, F as in Frank, S as in Sam, Toledo.org. So that's Jay Newman at sfstoledo.org. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you. Brought to you by Ashland University, your partner in the future of professional learning. This podcast is intended to cultivate a rich debate. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of Ashland University.
This podcast is licensed under Creative Commons.